0: Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. And for yet another season, we are so honored to bring on our good buddy, Phil Steele. He's got the College Football Preview Magazine out once again, and he's back with us on today's show here on the loveliest village on the plains. Phil, the time is greatly appreciated. How are you, sir?
1: You know, I am doing great. How about you, gentlemen, today?
0: We can't complain. It's a great day for us here on the plains. Football season is right around the corner, and we're excited to talk about the Auburn Tigers going into the season. Phil, when you look back and evaluate year one for Brian Harson, what stands out to you?
1: Uh, I think probably some close calls down the stretch. Uh, I think the overall assessment of Auburn would be a lot different uh, had Tank Bigsby uh, not run out of bounds, and they held on to that lead against Alabama instead of losing it in four overtimes. And, uh, you know, it was a disappointing finish to the year, dropping the last five games. But I thought at one point Auburn was a a clear-cut contender in the East, and uh, I think that they're underrated coming into this year.
0: You take a look at this Auburn team, and obviously they've got a big change at the quarterback position, which is where a lot of people start to evaluate a football team with Finley and Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, a couple of transfers there in the mix. Tell us about the quarterback room this season.
1: Yeah, and it's probably my biggest question mark on the entire Auburn team is the quarterback spot. In fact, uh, seven of the eight units rank in my top units in the front of the magazine. The only unit that doesn't is the quarterback play, and. Zach Calzada seems to have a slight lead there. I wasn't overwhelmed with the job he did at Texas A and M, but he was thrown into the fire due to an injury and uh, you know, did did decent at times. T J Finley's got the athleticism you love at a starting quarterback, but you know, a little inconsistent and uh and hasn't won a full time job and then Robbie Ashford, another contender. So I think it is my biggest question mark coming into the fall, is the quarterback position.
2: And, Phil, obviously when we're looking at this SEC, there's strengths and weaknesses for all these teams, really, uh, especially two through seven in the West. And, and looking at Auburn, obviously, as you, as you mentioned, quarterbacks going to be potentially a weakness for the Tigers. But let's look at a strength on the other side of the ball, the defensive line. I believe you have them ranked number one uh, in the unit rankings for the SEC. Just talk about what kind of uh, returns Auburn can get on this veteran defensive line.
1: Yeah, I'm really high on the defensive line. random number nine in the country coming in. You look at the, the uh, defensive end, Colby Wooden. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, last year he was out of position sometimes, but he's a definite weapon. He can play defensive end. He can play defensive tackle. I think he's going to have a big year, and he's a an NFL caliber guy. If you count Derek Hall in there, he's in playing in that quasi-outside linebacker defensive end spot uh... he brings two hundred fifty six pounds on the edge he's great off the edge he's got power he's a captain uh... and he's very intense and then you look at a couple of additions inside a uh, jason jones comes in he was my number eleven rated uh... defense alignment out of high school he transferred in from oregon uh... and he looks like an sec defense alignment he's 6'6", He's 328. uh... jeffrey uh... emba is a guy that's my number two-rated juco coming in. Once again, he looks like an NFL guy, so I think there's a lot of talent. Auburn's going to be able to rotate players inside. That was the strength of Georgia last year. They could go three deep in the interior, and I think Auburn's got that capability this year.
2: And also, Phil, want to get your your input on the schedule. Obviously, it doesn't change too much every year. You're always going to play Alabama, always going to play Georgia, and always going to have some other top 25 caliber teams in there. But just curious what you think of the start when you have five straight home games to open a season. That's something that Auburn has had before, but nevertheless, it's still pretty rare.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think it's a great chance for this team to really – uh blend together playing those five games. You remember last year when they traveled to face Penn State, whiteout conditions Close loss. Easily could have won that thing, change a player or two in that one. Uh, and they get LSU at home. I think they're in a much better situation than LSU is right now. LSU's got a first-year head coach. Uh, Missouri's a game they'll easily be favored in. Mercer, San Jose State. I really think Auburn opens up the year 5-0, and and that's what they'll be when they travel to face Georgia. And uh, that makes that pick a seventh that the media has for them in the SEC w- uh, West. Uh, to me, a, a little off-base.
3: Phil, I want to go back to those SEC unit rankings. Another unit that you've got ranked very high for this Auburn Tigers team is the special teams unit. You've got them ranked number one alongside with Texas A&M and Alabama. What is it about the special teams unit coming into this year for the Tigers that has you so optimistic about them?
1: Well, last year they finished number 14 in the country, and they've got a punter in Oscar Chapman who was third-team SEC, had a super net of 41.8. Twenty-three of his punts landed inside the twenty. Chapman was uh, in just his second year playing. Of course, all the punters nowadays are Australian. But add another year of experience to that, to 41.8 net, And that's outstanding. Then you look at the kicker, Anders Carlson. Now, Carlson in 2020 hit 20 of 22 field goals. Last year, slipped a little bit, 14 of 21, and then uh, was injured. But I think when you look at Carlson this year, if he can return to form in 2020, they're exceptional. Plus, they've got a guy in Alex McPherson, a true freshman, who's a stud that will eventually be the starting kicker at Auburn. Could even be this year. We'll have to see how it goes. And then kick return-wise, uh, they've got a pretty dangerous return man in Pritchett, who averaged thirty-one point three on kick returns last year. So add it all up. I've got Auburn uh, as my number five rated special teams in the country.
3: And then, Phil, on your unit rankings, a question mark that's been around the Auburn Tigers for several years now is the offensive line, and you've got them uh, ranked as number two in the in the in the unit rankings on in your magazine this year. And I know it's a lot of veterans that are coming back for this uh, team. Is that the reason you rank them so high because of the veteran leadership there?
1: Yeah, and, you know, letting me in, uh, I'm on the Joe Moore Award Committee, and we had conversations last year, and I'll tell you what, there's hardly any offensive line that overwhelmed the Joe Moore Award Committee last year. Everybody had flaws, and, and that was the, the consensus at the end of the year was, you know, uh, in most years, the offensive lines that uh, were up for the top five in the award might not have made the top five, because offensive line play was rather iffy last year. So it wasn't just Auburn. It was teams all the way across the board. And now you look at the players coming back, uh, like Troxell at right tackle. I think he's an NFL-caliber dude. Uh, the Nick Bram's back at the uh, center keandre jones at guard it's a veteran unit and uh, a, a deep unit i think they've got depth this year they showed some flashes last year and i think they're really going to emerge this season
0: that's the voice of phil steel he's joining us on the program today it's the book the experts cannot do without. We can't successfully run a radio show if one of these is not in our studios. Looking at the college football preview, the most accurate magazine over the last 27 years, with our guy, the Auburn running back, Tank Bigsby, donning the cover. I want to point something else out, Phil, that you touched on in the Auburn schedule, and that was the just the fact, like we talked about, Auburn traveling to both Bama and Georgia and pointing out the last four times they've played both on the road. Auburn's finished with five. Losses in each season, going 0 and 8 against Georgia and Alabama. How can Auburn reverse those trends this year?
1: Uh, And and I think Auburn has a chance to top the eight wins this year. In fact, uh, when I look at their schedule, you know the Georgia game and the Alabama game are two games that clearly have an underdog, double-digit dog in both games. But then. Uh, I think the three key games at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, I think are both winnable on the road. You know, Ole Miss has got a brand new team; they brought in a lot of transfers. Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi State is off a bye for that, but I think Auburn's got the talent to play with them. And then the Texas A&M game at home is really going to determine whose finishes. I think in that second or third spot in the SEC West. So the the potential's there for Auburn to, to top the to top that five losses that they had the last times in that situation
0: our last note on the Auburn Tigers here today as we look at this team going into the second season of the Brian Harson era last year he's got these experienced SEC coordinators in Mike Bobo running the offense and Derek Mason running the defense this year that's entirely different he's got more familiar faces that he knows personally in the building at elevated roles when you look at the coaching staff for Auburn what stands out to you
1: Uh, I think that, that both coordinators are stepping into pretty good situations. When you're strong at the line of scrimmage, you're going to win a lot of games, and both coordinators uh, inherit some very good line play. Uh, Overall, you know, Eric Casso, as you mentioned, was a guy that was the Boise State Offense Coordinator for four years. Uh, Prior to that, he was at Fresno State as the Offense Coordinator, so he's got a lot of experience. He was here at Auburn uh, last year as the wide receiver coach, and I think that's going to be a good step uh, for the offense. And defensively, you know, Schmetting is a guy who ran some pretty good defenses at Boise in 19 and 20, prior to that at Eastern Washington. And once again, it's not his first foray into the SEC. He got his feet wet last year as a linebacker coach. And I think both coaches are going to do better than expected.
2: Let's look at the conference as a whole for a moment, Phil. And uh, obviously, I think there is uh, a pretty small gap, or so it would seem, coming into the season with a lot of these teams in the middle of the pack and the SEC. And when you're determining, like, for example, through the West, and you're trying to really go through two through seven, what seems significant to you when you, when you kind of try and, and sort out a, an order of finish here? What's the most significant thing you're looking at?
1: No, I, I look at every factor. I mean, you have to look at you know which teams are the most experienced. Are there teams that were better than their final record last year? Uh, who's got the best schedule? Uh, how do the teams match up uh, among the ones that are contending for a spot in the conference? But I'll tell you this, guys: uh, when I, I write the blank magazine in a three-write-through process, the first write-through is my postseason write-through. I've just watched every game all season long. Then I read every article that's written about the team during the course of the year, get into a real good ebb and flow of what happened with each position, and do my initial power ratings. The second one is my pre-spring write-through, where we add in the freshmen and we add in all the transfers. At this point of the magazine process, and we're talking about uh, March, Uh, here's how I rank the SEC West. I had number one, Alabama. Number two, Texas A&M. Number three, five-way tie. I couldn't pick a number two. <laughs> couldn't pick a number seven. It was almost impossible to go through that and, and come up. I And I'm always looking for one. I'm like, okay, well, let's get a seven at least, or let's get a three at least. And I just couldn't do it. And it didn't get much better when we put the magazine to the press after I talked to the, the coaches. Uh, I had a three-way tie for third and a, a two-way tie for sixth. And, uh, you know, I can make a case for any of the five teams being up there. The West is, as you guys know, the best division in college for
3: and, Phil, when you look at this SEC as a whole, you know, you make your predictions here, the S or the forecast here in your magazine, is there a team that when you, you rank these, uh, you know, one through six in each division, or one through seven in each division, uh, is there a team that you looked at and said they could finish higher than this te- than what I'm putting them right now?
1: Uh, That would probably be everybody in the West (laughs) It has that potential to finish higher uh, than where I have them. Uh, I think Auburn's going to finish higher than the media has them. The media has them seventh. I have them tied for third. So I think Auburn's my darling this year. I'll be rooting for them all season long because I always root for the team that would make my magazine the most accurate, and a big, big year out of Auburn would do that. On the other side, I think the East, clearly the team I'm most afraid of, would be South Carolina, because South Carolina last year, their over-under was 3.5, and and Shane Beamer got them to 7. This year they have a quarterback, something they lacked last year. Spencer Rattler takes over. Uh, They've got a solid receiver core with the additions of guys like Antoine Wells uh, from uh, FCS James Madison and Austin Stogner from Oklahoma, also Corey Rucker from Arkansas State. I think this team's much better offensively, much better defensively than last year. They just play a pretty tough schedule where they're probably going to be an underdog in six, perhaps even seven games, Uh, and that's why I put them fifth. But I think if anybody upsets my alpha call curtain east it would be south carolina
3: and then phil you know you make your preseason all sec team picks up here and on the quarterback line you know you got bryce young number one obviously Hendon hooker two will rogers third and anthony richardson fourth team a name that we don't see on there is a guy that's been getting a lot of praise is will levis and i just want to get your thoughts on the quarterback class as a whole this year in the sec
1: Uh, Yeah, you could make a case for any. There's a five, six, seven, and eight guys that all could be like, why are they not all-conference? It's like, well, which one of my all-conference guys you want me to take out? And I think with Will Levis, you know, he's a guy who the NFL scouts are captivated by. He looks like a potential first-round draft pick in next year's draft. Uh, The only reason I left him off the list was the fact that if you go back and look at last year, he had a lot of phenomenal outings, but he also had a lot of pedestrian outings. In fact, Uh, He was held under 200 yards passing eight times last year, and he's got a new offensive coordinator. So I need to see a little bit more consistency, a little bit more that they're going to have him throwing the football around the yard, and that's probably why he was left off the list. But I could make a great case for 5, 6, 7, and 8 being all-conference this year.
2: Phil, I wanted to ask you a question just about the magazine itself because it's something you've been doing for a while, and you mentioned three write-ups, and we know that you – interview all the coaches you go through tireless preparation for this magazine at the end of the day when this thing comes to print what are you most proud of with this magazine
1: uh the fact that everybody in the media uses it as their bible for college football during the course of the year, uh, you know, we we haven't changed the format and the fact that you know where all the information is on every page for every team, and I give the same amount of coverage to a team like James Madison and Akron, two full pages, and the same amount of time in the off-season to those that I do in the big boys like Alabama. Uh, and USC. So I, I like the fact that you could close your eyes, and if I say, what was the final score of a game from three years ago, you know exactly where to look. Who's the starting left tackle for a team, you know exactly where to look. Who was the leading rusher last year, you know exactly where to look. And it's quick, easier reference, probably even uh, quicker and easier. It is quicker and easier than if you looked up looked it up on the internet, because each team site is set up differently. You're probably six to eight clicks away, whereas you're just one point uh, from knowing that information by looking at it. So I, I think that and the accuracy part as well
0: what invigorates you to keep going each and every year phil 27 years of doing this and you're not slowing down it seems
1: yeah not not in the least bit and i think it's just that we put out the best product in the country and uh you know when you're number one there's no reason to, to worry about anything else. Just go ahead and uh, continue doing it each year. And just the amount of people, if you ever go on my Twitter and you look at the, the people posting their pictures of getting the magazine, right there is enough to keep you going year after year. So I'm, I'm hoping to do this another 28 years.
0: And, Phil, we talked with Chris Van Dyne, the SEC coordinator, and we talked UAB with him for Conference USA here in the state. I know that you've got a remarkable team behind the scenes helping you put together a magazine like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's so much legwork that has to be done to put this amount of information. We spent seven months doing the magazine like this. We have conference coordinators, people that worry about all the stats, and uh, it's something where... It, you know, when you, I think there's probably a million words and stats that are in the magazine, and if you're, you have 1% typos, that's a, that's a uh, 10,000 typos. So, you know, we have to have 99.9% accuracy in the stuff we put in the magazine, and uh, the staff is a huge part of that.
0: If someone's driving their car right now, where do they need to go to pick up a copy of this magazine?
1: Uh, right there in Alabama, I'd say Barnes & Noble or Books-A-Million. And of course, Books-A-Million is a local uh, Alabama uh, place. And, and when we printed the magazine this year, we actually had to print it in two runs. We gave the entire first run to Barnes & Noble, but it's hitting all the other places. And uh, it should be, definitely be at Books-A-Million as well.
0: Phil, thanks so much for the time today. This was a whole lot of fun.
1: Hey, a lot of fun talking Auburn football with you guys. Really enjoyed it.
0: That's our buddy Phil Steele. He's joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line here today talking about the Auburn Tigers.